So was there a reason you drove me into the middle of the desert and left me there to rot? Or... Project availability, sorry, Ricky. <laughs> You're listening to The Cosmic Cast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Cosmic Cast. You're here with me. I put the hype in High Potter news. Rick Beaver here. To my right, he puts the pi in Pythagoras theorem, John Burnett Fisher. Hello. And to my left, the insubordinate and churlish, Tom Harvey. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and my gosh, we have a guest for you all today. I'm getting emotional. Uh, the lunar and Martian volcanologist, and she also does all her own choreography. Marissa Lowe. Hello. Hi. Hello, Marissa. How are you doing? I'm great, thank you. How are you, Ricky? I'm good, thank you. Tom? Yeah, I'm doing pretty good. How are you, John? I'm pretty good, thanks, Ricky. (laughs) Good, thank (laughs) you. So, Marissa, we always like to start off by just giving the audience a synopsis of who you are and what you what you do essentially currently okay. so obviously you're here at manchester university mm-hmm. and yep. so i'm a first year phd student i started here in october and i'm working with the volcanology research group and then the isotope geochemistry group looking at volcanoes on the moon volcanoes on the moon that's very cool volcanoes on the moon yeah my, my, the main reaction that gets is people go there are volcanoes on the moon <laughs> and I'm like, well not not active ones mm. but we see lots of ancient volcanic deposits how do they react when you say they're not active anymore um then they go well well how do we know there were volcanoes on the moon they just think oh well there's just craters up there and Mm -hmm. that's about it or it's made of cheese i get a similar thing in terms of when i say i look at rivers on mars and they're like wait there's rivers on mars and i go oh well they're not they're not there anymore and they go Oh, well, how do you know that? Yeah, <laughs> it's, yeah. it's exactly the same. And yeah. it feels very under, underwhelming. Yeah, they yeah. seem a bit, they're, they're initially surprised, and yeah. then they're just like, oh. Well, I generally find people things. are underwhelmed by me. So, <laughs> so, yeah. So you're in an office with Tom and I, so we yes. know you quite well. Um, you started at the same time as Tom. Yes. And you've both been through a journey to get to where you are now. Uh, we've already talked to Tom about his, so yawn over that. But. Oh. <laughs> I yawned, it's fine. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, but Marissa, what actually brought you to researching at Manchester University then? Um, so I suppose starting with my undergrad, I did um, geology at Durham University. Um, and before you went to uni, were you always like, I'm going to do geology, that's always what I wanted to do? Uh, no, actually. So I suppose going back to A-level, I did geography and chemistry and physics, and I didn't really know, I didn't really want to do physics. Um because I thought I'd end up, I don't know, doing something in engineering or mm. something like that. That My score was very heavy on that. Um, chemistry, I thought, oh, I'll just end up working in a lab and I didn't necessarily want to do that. Geography, um, I like the physical side of it. So I thought if you mixed all of those together, what would you get? So I ended up doing earth sciences. And I remember going to my first lecture at Durham and I didn't know what a rock was. Mm-hmm. Um, like none of my family are very sciencey. I'm the first person in my family to do science. Everyone else did English um, or didn't go to university. Okay. Um, so yeah, I remember turning up at my first lecture and not knowing what a rock was, not knowing what a mineral was. So yeah, it was a bit of a gamble in hindsight. Um, I was lucky that I did end up enjoying it hmm. uh, because I didn't really know much about the course beforehand. I think um, a lot of people don't know very much about the course. Yeah. yeah. I mean, a- aside from sort of knowing that it's a thing, but not that you necessarily want to do it or what it entails, I've spoken to a couple of people kind of on my undergrad and, you know, at, 
at meetings and things who literally didn't know geology and earth sciences was a thing. Mm. Yeah. One of my friends actually stumbled into the earth sciences open day by accident. Right. And that's how he ended up doing it. <laughs> so, I mean... They're just giving them away. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, but it's true. It's, it's, I guess it comes from the fact that it's geology is not really taught uh, in secondary schools. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And it's very interdisciplinary it as is. well. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. I think uh, in my, in my uh, class at Durham... One third did geology at A level. Okay. One third. That's yeah. still quite high. That's though, pretty high. Yeah, yeah. I don't think there was that many people yeah. in my undergrad. I think I knew one. About, I think that's yeah. about right for my undergrad. Yeah, yeah. So maybe it is the case that more schools are doing it now. Possibly. But yeah, my sixth form college didn't do geology at A level. Yeah. So it was literally of your own fruition that you thought, well, that's that's what I'm going to do then at university. Yeah, yeah. I thought from my A levels, what bits do I like from each of them, and then I thought earth sciences. Yeah was the way to go and luckily it paid off yeah. so you turn up at university not knowing what a rock is mm. but somehow you go on to do a master's and then decide to do a phd on it yeah. so what in that journey made you ch completely fall in love with it um so let's see when did i first realize that planetary geology was a thing i think it was second year i had a gis uh, a geoinformatics module um, which is basically looking, looking at images uh, from satellites and things like that yeah yeah on and computer, sort of analyzing them analyzing. and i remember we did a practical about craters on the moon and making cross sections of them and looking at the near side of the moon versus the far side of the moon and how they differed um and then we got to do our own little project so i remember doing one about sand dunes on mars and their distribution across the mm. surface of mars um yeah and then from that I thought I wanted to go into sedimentary stuff. I think just because the lectures I had were, were my favorite lectures, mm. you know, they were always very memorable lectures and they were very mm. fun. So in terms of looking at like rivers and how they deposit their sediment or yeah. wind deposits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So in fact, like I probably was interested in the sort of stuff that you're doing now, Ricky. Yeah. Um, yeah, sort of sedimentology on Mars. As the course went on, I found I took more volcanology and igneous related modules. Mm. And then when it came to deciding what to do for a master's, I applied to a few different ones. So some general geoscience ones, um, a GIS one. And, and they then, were all in Durham? No, no. Uh, they were at Edinburgh, UCL. And then the one I ended up doing was um, a volcanology master's at Lancaster. Okay. Um, yeah, and it was there that I started thinking, oh, I want to do something planetary related, but I'm not sure what I can do in yeah. the UK because there's not a massive community at sort of undergrad and postgrad mm. level. Uh, there's no there's no course for it. Um, so I sort of looked, who's publishing papers about this in the UK right now? And I came across the name of Lionel Wilson, mm. um, who ended up being my supervisor at Lancaster. Um, I did a project with him on lava flows on the surface of Mars. Wow. But now you've moved on to looking at the moon then. Was there a reason you changed? I mean, what is there a reason you betrayed the Martian community. Um, sorry, I'm, I'm not salty You're... about her or anything, but is there a reason you stabbed us in the back? He's not taking this personally. Is he? <laughs> um, it was it was mainly up to what projects were available at the time. Yeah. Um, so was there a reason you drove me into the middle of the desert <laughs> and left me there to rot? Or project availability sorry Ricky <laughs> <laughs> always the excuse it's as good a reason yeah. as any to be honest well let's yeah. be honest the volcanoes on the moon are much better than the ones on Mars wow wow <laughs> okay 
Okay, fair enough. I mean, you're slightly surrounded. Me and John are both yeah. moon-related people, so, uh, mm -hmm. yeah. And so real lunatics, you could say. Oh, I don't think you <laughs> could say that. Okay. I'm <laughs> going to cut, and when I edit this, I'm going to cut that out. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, so it was the project, essentially, that drew you towards it. Yes, yeah. yes. Um, I wanted to carry on doing planetary volcanism. Mm -hmm. All right, so... You and I, we're both five, six months into our projects. We are. That's scary. How are you finding it? I think it's going okay. Most people tell me for the first year you're not supposed to know what you're doing. So I'm glad they say that because some days I do. You know, I think I know uh -huh. what's going on. And then someone asks me a question or my supervisor says, have you done this? And suddenly yeah, that sounds <laughs> I feel right. less confident. Mm -hmm. So what, what are you sort of up to on a kind of day-to-day -day basis? And what, what is that leading towards in the kind of short term. Okay, um, so I'll, I'll start with the with the broad Yeah, overview. yeah, sorry, maybe go, yeah, that way. Um, so <laughs> the... <laughs> Why? <laughs> Why? <laughs> sorry, Tom, sorry, did I just completely annihilate you? Sorry, Tom. It's just, I was trying to get there, and then okay, I just did it. I wasn't going to um, so I'll start with a broad overview of my project. So the big title is The Volatile History of the Moon. So I'll be trying to infer the volatile content of lunar magmas. The volatiles I'm looking at are carbon dioxide, carbon monoxide, um, water. Yeah. Um, so in a volcanic eruption, um, at depth, so in your magma chamber, so deeper in the crust, um, because the pressures are higher, these are soluble in the magma, they're dissolved. Um, but as you ascend, these exsolve and they come out of the magma mm -hmm. um, and form bubbles. This is how more explosive eruptions mm -hmm. uh, occur. Once these bubbles are formed, um, it breaks up your magma and this is how you get explosions of pieces of magma, which then form your smaller pieces of, say, ash. Mm. So is that so? That's like explosive volcanism, is that? Yes, yeah, okay. yes. So for examples on Earth, what, what type of volcanoes are we... Um, are they the ones that are big coney volcanoes or are they the shieldy volcanoes? Uh, these are the more cone-like volcanoes. Okay, cool. So if you see pictures of, say, Mount Etna, okay, um, which it. frequently has a nice ash column above it. So that type of volcanism was occurring on the, the moon? Then? Yes. Wow, yes. okay. So the moon was quite vol uh, like violently volcanic at one stage. So when you look at the moon in the night sky, you see these darker patches mm. on it, and that represents the majority of volcanism on the moon, um, something called mare volcanism. Mm. So this is more basaltic material, so like what you see at Iceland and Hawaii. Mm. Um, and those big round patches are massive sort of flood-like basaltic eruptions. Okay. So are they filled in like large craters? Or yeah, something? yeah. Okay. So. Yeah. Say if you get a pair of binoculars or you see a closer picture, um, you'll notice that the dark basaltic patches are quite circular. Mm -hmm. So they're, when they erupted, they filled in um, lower areas, which at that time was craters, yeah. depressions. But you, So you're not interested in those, though? You're interested in these um, cone-like features? At the moment, I think my project will look more at the cones, but I will, I may also look at the basaltic material mm, okay. as well. So the way that these volatiles relate to my project is that I'll be looking at um, images of lava flows, cones, domes, different volcanic features on the moon, and trying to infer the volatile content of the magma which created these features. And you're going to be doing a lot of numerical modelling as well, is that right? Yes. So um, one of the volcanologists in this department, um, Giuseppe Lespina, he developed a model for magma ascent on Earth. 
So this has been applied to lots of different volcanoes like Stromboli and Mount Merapi in Indonesia. Um, and this looks at how, at what points in your eruption column will your gases exsolve? At what point will it start to break up into the bubbles and pockets of uh, magma? Um, and then what, once it reaches the vent, what sorts of rates will it be coming out of the vent? This model calculates all these different things and I'll be changing the input parameters for this and seeing what it would be like on the moon. So really nailing down some of the specifics and some of the fine detail of what goes on in some of these eruptions. Yeah, definitely. We've obviously got a much better idea of what the different parameters are like on Earth. So say what depth the magma is stored at, what the volatile content is of the terrestrial magmas, um, what the composition is. We obviously have a lot more samples for Earth than we do mm. for the Moon. I'm tweaking these parameters for a lunar scenario. There's going to be a few different assumptions I'll have to make, but um, hopefully it'll still produce something realistic. So I guess um, something we always come back to is um, what we really need is more samples of these things then, don't we? Yeah, definitely. So ideally, we'd send another robot up there mm -hmm. to take a sample or people e even. Even people. Mm. Yeah. yeah. John's volunteering. I'm volunteering. So. I'd go. I'd go. I wouldn't. I'd go to the moon. I'm not sure about Mars. A bit too long a trip, perhaps. I'm too tall to be an astronaut. Are you really? So oh. go. What's the cutoff? Um, Ricky's height. Ricky's <laughs> height. Yeah. I'm, That's unfortunate. It is. Well, yeah, I saw one guy who was taller than me apply. <laughs> And they said, no, he's fine. <laughs> but for some reason, I wasn't allowed to. It's just to. your exact height. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you can be either side. Yeah. Yeah. It's just if you're my height. Yeah. So I guess that's a good question then. Would you ever, if you could, go to the moon? That's normally a question people always ask me about Mars. Mm -hmm. Yeah, who would pass up that opportunity? Like To get to see it in real life would be amazing. Yeah. I think it's a lot less arduous because it's a round trip. It's like, what, a few weeks? Whereas, mm. you know, it's not like year-long <laughs> travel to Mars and it's a whole affair. Yeah, so I, I mean, think... that, that does discount the risk of, of space travel, which is potentially quite Well, that too, yeah. <laughs> you don't want to arrive <laughs> you know, at Mars it, and end up with cancer. It's not, you, don't, you, don't, you don't just get a car. Yeah. What's important about this, the whole mechanisms behind volcanism, is it that you can learn about what the interior of the moon was like? Yes. At some point in the past. Yes. So I suppose the big science question behind my project is what was the original volatile content of the lunar magma? And going back to the moon's formation, most people have agreed that it was a giant impact formation. Okay. So something hit the earth when the earth was forming very yeah. early on in the solar system and that that material got blew off and or blown off even if you speak english <laughs> and it coalesced to form the moon yes right. yeah so some sort of mars-sized impactor mm -hmm. hitting the still molten earth um and sort of this ring of material coalesce coalescing to form the moon and that's why we see lots of geochemical similarities between the earth and the moon mm. um so sort of understanding what this starting composition of the moon was um sort of helps us understand that process. Mm. It helps us understand what the Earth was potentially like then, back when it yeah, first formed? Yeah, yeah. Or um, at least the exterior of the... Yeah, Earth sort of like, the, yeah. the molten parts mm. that were ejected out into space. So you're going to do all this modelling, and you're going to yeah. be looking at various morphologies and stuff. Have you got plans to then link this to all the various direct measurements people have done over the past few years? Um, yeah, so to begin with, I'll be using their measurements for the volatile contents of these appetites and other different minerals. 
um, and putting that into the into the model and seeing what sort of eruption that predicts. Hmm. So um, moving on from the magma ascent model, I'll probably also be using an ash dispersal model to see, based on all the numbers I pop in, what distance would these lava flows or these ash deposits, what distance would they cover? And obviously we can look at images and measure these distances. Yeah. So it's a case of comparing those and seeing do they match up and if not, why not? And I guess what's good about the moon is it hasn't got an atmosphere and has no wind. Yeah. So these things won't be eroded away yeah. by time other than, I guess, by micrometeorites or something like that. Yeah. So tiny meteorites that hit the surface of the moon. But Yeah, so most of the things, apart from micrometeorites, churning up the surface a bit, mm. and then slightly larger impact craters. Most of the things I'm looking at, the features are still quite clear. Mm-hmm. How old are they thought to be? Um, so the mare material is between, say, four and three billion years old. Wow, okay. Um, I'm not sure about the ashy yeah. and pyroclastic deposits. Yeah, they're all about the same age. And that's the remarkable thing about the moon, is how old some of these uh, lavas are. I mean, there's really not much material on earth that's that old so it really is a unique window into the early solar system Mm. how easy are the models to run do they take are they quite is it quite complicated is it lines of code are they quite easy to tweak do they take a long time to run um it's actually quite easy to tweak so i started off by looking at the terrestrial examples um and they took seconds to run Mm -hmm. um because all the parameters were there and then i tried it for the different lunar gravity Um, different pressures, different temperatures and so on. And I definitely noticed the speed it took Mm -hmm. was a bit longer. But I don't think that'll be too big of a problem in general over the project. So you've really got potential to churn out a lot of data then. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, Especially because there's lots of different compositions we've measured from different um, lunar samples. So it's a case of I can just shove all that data in and it will keep producing lots of different data. Yeah, that's going to be really interesting. I mean, particularly a lot of the appetite data it's very questionable into what it really means. Appetites are some of the final things to crystallize in a basalt. Mm. So trying to back extract these calcu- uh, these concentrations are really difficult. And so yeah. having an independent way to try and test to see whether these calculations are correct, I think it's mm. going to be really valuable. Um, and obviously in a volcanic scenario, as I said, um, lots of your volatiles are going to degas. We don't know to what extent these appetites and yeah. different pyroclastic materials have degassed. Oh, so yeah. are we measuring the original That's volatile right. content or are we measuring it after half yeah. of it's yeah. been lost to space? This might not be a question that you can necessarily answer. It could be that you just enjoy doing what you enjoy. Mm. But what is it about the remote sensing, the modeling side of things that led you to choose applying to this project and doing this sort of work over some of the more um, sample handling intensive, more lab measurement based projects? Mm, okay. My master's project led quite nicely into this. That was a lot mm-hmm. of modelling and calculations of how different lava flows would form on Mars. So yeah, I've just never really had much lab experience. I get asked that same question because all I do is, yeah, I look at images on a computer is how people describe it. Yeah. Uh, and I don't work in a lab. Yeah. Um, and I just, generally for me, it's because there's so much that can go wrong if you work in a lab, but that mm. is out of your hands as yeah. well. All I ever hear is about people saying, oh, my equipment isn't working. Yeah. Or they're and waiting for time on a certain machine. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. I guess it's that level of control when you know if I get data, it's because I put the time in to get data, essentially. Yeah, yeah. Whereas people who work in a lab, it can just be really bad luck that the machine's just not working, and then yeah. six months 
later they still haven't got anything so yeah yeah also what i quite like is the amount of data um obviously we're looking at lot me and ricky are looking at lots of satellite images yeah there's a wealth of data out mm -hmm. there that yeah. lots of which people haven't looked at yeah. so I know for lab-based things, you're normally working on small samples yeah. mm -hmm. or you only have a certain amount. Um, so what Mifarissa is saying is we do more work than you guys. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what you're getting at, right? That's... You see right through me. You see right through me. Yeah. Yes. yes. <laughs> One thing we've uh, been asking uh, a number of guests uh, so far is, is there any uh, bits of science that you find particularly exciting that's not within the, your particular field of uh, lunar volcanism? Well, I'm really into food, as in baking and cooking mm -hmm. and eating food, obviously. Um, and I'm very much, a, I like to try different recipes and so on like that. So something, uh, I remember a, an A-level chemistry practical, actually, we were making esters and different flavorings, oh, yes. um, mm -hmm. all the ones that smell like different fruits. Yeah. Um, I remember really enjoying that. So, yeah, I think something to do with food chemistry would be quite oh, wow. fun. Um, well, we should open up a talk shop then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 And also um, because, yeah, I I'm a non-meat eater. Um, so I like seeing what different alternatives are out there and how they like recreate different textures of food mm. using yeah. different ingredients. So yeah, sort of like food as a material science mm -hmm. as well, I think would also be quite interesting. So you're quite piqued by this um, this vegan burger that they've made. Oh, supposedly definitely. Definitely. Very similar. I saw a video about this a while ago, how it's made. It's absolutely fascinating. Mm, yeah. You mean the... The one that's got on sale in supermarkets. The one that's actually like... That bleeds slightly when you cook it. <laughs> That doesn't sound ominous in the slightest, does it? Wait, I've seen a few like that where they use like beetroot in the middle to like keep so, it. Pink. What they've done is that they apparently they analyse the proteins that you get at different stages of cooking uh, of a normal burger, and they try to synthesise those proteins out of genetically modified soya beans or something oh, like that. Wow. And so you, you can have recreated uh, this burger that does bleed slightly when it cooks because it produces hemoglobin, but in a slightly different way using these different mm. proteins. Wow. I've not seen that that hardcore yeah. burger. <laughs> I can't remember what it's called. There was a good video I watched about it on YouTube. I'll see if I've I can. I've never heard you talk about anything so passionately. Before. <laughs> 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 it's, fascinating. It's, a good, it's, it's what you were saying, right? It's, it's yeah. the use yeah. of chemistry mm. to try and do something um, a bit different. Yeah. So I think we should all thank Marissa. For Indeed, being you'll have to come back on when you got some results. For sure. That sounds good, yes, yes, please. To, uh, yeah. learn what you've been up to. And if anyone wants to know what Marissa looks like, she's actually in the intro video. Indeed. Oh, we did, <laughs> yeah. doing some coding on her computer, so mm, you should yeah. all watch that as well. Yeah. In the long creepy way. Yeah, if you want to be creepy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe... She's at 53 seconds. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> we'll put a timestamp in the description. Yeah.